0: everybody. Wow. I want to talk um, on this promotion Sunday about the temple as a place for celebration and, and dedication. Um, I d- there's so many reasons to be proud of our kids and our adults who are accomplishing things and ourselves when we accomplish things. And I think so much of the time we, we really try to make these things about us to our own detriment. And what I mean by that is is we cut out what the celebration can be. And I, I think that if we can understand that when the Lord talks about giving good gifts, when we understand prosperity, as the word of God talks about, it's nothing to be afraid of or ashamed of or, or to pull back from simply because the world has a bad definition. And um, there, there's this book, The Martian. I don't know if everybody's ever read that one or, or seen that movie starring Matt Damon. So I, there's a, a comic here that I actually think is a, a really great kind of... Um, uh, I don't know, introduction if you don't know it. It says, ooh, the trailer for the Martian, what's that? It's the movie of a book I liked, should I read it? It says, depends, you know that scene in Apollo 13 where the guy says we've got to figure out how to connect this thing to this thing using this table full of parts or the astronauts will die? Says the Martians for people who wish the whole movie was just more of that. <laughs> That's really what the Martian is about, and it's fantastic for people uh, like me. But if you read the book, it, it's a bit more than that because he's making little glib jokes to himself. It's a guy stranded on Mars, and he's like, I'm the first person to set foot here, and nobody knows. <laughs> I'm going to name this crater after myself, and nobody knows, and I'm going to die here all alone. You know, and, and it's th- this kind of dark, Understanding of, of his success in a vacuum, well, almost literally a vacuum. It's, it's close. Mars is not a full vacuum. That's not here nor there. Uh, <laughs> but the, the point is our successes are really meant to be magnified when we celebrate them together. If you're all by yourself, if you're an island to yourself achieving the most impossible things, and you're, you're doing these things and you're looking around for somebody to, to celebrate with you, and there's nothing and nobody it's really hollow. And I think you know that feeling, right? I don't, I don't know if you've ever done that. You know, there, there's been the times where as, a, as a kid, I was, you know, probably up at 3 a.m. playing video games, trying to beat this level, and I finally, finally cracked it, like, yes! Oh, I gotta be quiet, everybody's asleep. You know, and, and nobody's around to celebrate that with you. That's not what the community of the saints is meant to be. So we embrace the victories, we embrace the success, we embrace the promotion. And it does all of us favor whenever we bring it before the Lord. Um, you know that in the UK, you can invite the, the queen to your wedding and maybe, just maybe, <laughs> she'll show up. <laughs> this is one of the fun stories that, that, that popped out. You know, I think that that's kind of a customary thing that you can do if you want to just like it. It's just nice to send the invitation. Let, let the queen know what's happening in your life but what do you do when she shows up? You know, <laughs> it changes the dynamic of the party just a little bit, I'm sure. You know, you're, you're no longer the best dressed. You know, if you, you, somebody shows up with a crown, it really kind of puts the bride bit down maybe. I don't, I don't think that's quite what showed up. But anyway, as kids, right, why do you love to bring your artwork to your parents, right? because it doesn't really matter what it looks like. They're gonna be like, oh, I love this. <laughs> this is the best rainbow I've ever seen. That, that sun with a, a face in it, who would have thought of that? It's such a clever thing to put a face inside the sun. And I love these pictures that you're getting out now too where, where, where people are getting tattoos of their kids' artwork. I, I, I think it's actually really kind of charming in a, in a lot of ways, you know? So um, m- we grew up in my, in my house. My, my parents actually framed some of my, my artwork and I remember looking back thinking, I've, I've gotten a little bit better, <laughs> but I'm, I'm a blessed man. I have a whole drawer, literally a whole drawer full of my kids' artwork, and I absolutely love that. Um, we're going to read from Luke 2 for our, our scripture here today, starting in verse 21. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the Lord required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary's mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then was a widow until she was eighty-four. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom. The grace of God was on him. Now this is the temple. The, 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 the whole thing that we're talking about here is the temple, and and, and here we have it as the, the scene for so much coming together, a, a celebration of, of new life, a dedication of that life to the Lord. We've got the, the prophets coming here. We have people just kind of milling around, popping up. There, there's that, that meme I don't know, of, of, um, from the office where Angela pops up behind, um, why can't I remember his name right now? Dwight, thank you. <laughs> and, it, and I kind of picture exactly that when Anna shows up. Like, like here is Simeon just doing his, his prophet thing, and Anna's like, <laughs> oh, here he is. You know, she's just always walking around. She's just that, that person right there. There's a few notable things that, that pop out in this passage, though, that I, I want to call out. It says that, that they gave a pair of doves or two young pigeons, right? The actual call from the law of the Lord was, was to sacrifice a lamb for a newborn. But it says this, Leviticus 12.8. <laughs> If she cannot afford a lamb, she's to bring two doves or two young pigeons, one for a burnt offering and the other for a sin offering. This way, the priest will make atonement for her and she will be clean. They were not well off. You know, here it is. She was given the gold, the frankincense, and myrrh. Where'd that go? Maybe it was his college fund. I don't know. (laughs) But, you know, it it tells you a lot about how they're operating, right? Here they came, and they, they, they couldn't do that first thing. But yet, every cause for celebration. They were not sent to the back. They were, they were not ignored here. The temple was this place to come to celebrate. There's also this wonderful phrase, the consolation of Israel, right? Isaiah predicted that the Messiah would take on the ministry of consolation. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for. What was happening at the temple? What, what was it that the prophets were looking for here? Here they are under Rome's thumb. Here they were being persecuted. Here they were being, being squashed out. Their religion was not able to be practiced fully the way that they wanted to. There was, There's was going to be great persecution coming. They weren't ruling their own people. And what are they hoping for? The Lord has said, I will bring the consolation of Israel. And I don't know about you, but it's like, well, maybe more. But that's what the Messiah brought. It's not always what we'd expect. It's not always these things that we want, but here we get to enjoy and celebrate exactly what the Lord has for us. I love um, this one thing that we have to see that anchors the constellation of Israel. The thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And remember that we're gonna come back to that in here in a little bit. The big news here is dedication. It's this purification and dedication. We talked about how the, the law speaks about morality, right? But much of the law is about how the natural course of life right if you're if you're exposed to dead bodies if if you're if you're bleeding if it's the woman's time of a month whatever this may be those would bring us to a place where we need to be cleansed to come back to the lord and that wasn't about failure that wasn't about coming short that's about the natural course of life but you've got to wash your hands before you eat you know you've been out working in the yard good thing you're out working in the yard Wash your hands before you eat, or else that's gross, you know <laughs> and and that's what we're called to see here is that that we would have to get ourselves right, we have to make ourselves ready now there is as we said morality, there is sin offerings, there are things about that too, but they're kind of hand in hand, and I think we've confused a little bit this in the in the church today. The word though that's here for the baby Jesus is not so much even dedication as the the translation I read to you was. And in su- your, your Bible might say consecrated, which even makes it sound even more almost like he's being conscripted into service. The Greek word is actually a very simple one. This isn't like a word study. It's presented. I love this, actually. It's like God wants to see your kid. <laughs> you know? Like, hey, I've got a newborn. God's like, oh, can I see? <laughs> Bring him close. Like, oh, you've got your firstborn. Let me celebrate that with you. And when I, we think about the way that we bring and put so much on the temple of God, I think we forget what we said the very first week of this series. God wanted to be with his people. He wants to be embedded in the lives of people. He wants to know what's going on. He wants to be a part of the celebration. One of the best descriptions I heard about the temple is it's, it's that place where there's always a barbecue going on. I can light up my, my smoker. My neighbors will come by and say, oh, Smoking something? Because <laughs> they smell it. You know, they, they know that I've got ribs. They know I've got wings. They know that there's something's coming. I got to do the, the Seder, the brisket. I got a lot of comments on that one. The, 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 <laughs> the smell of a burnt offering goes through the neighborhood. <laughs> we'll do this later. Um, it really is a wonderful thing to realize that, that the temple of God amidst his people is really trying to be embedded in the life of his people. He wants to be close, that your celebrations are his celebrations, that your your struggles are his struggles. Bring them to the temple. Don't suffer alone. Don't rejoice on your own. Bring it here. You've done something. We want to celebrate this together. The temple is this place where we get to enjoy the full width and breadth of God's great love for us. And that's against whatever you might find when you've struggled and fallen down and when you've triumphed and you've had a great harvest and you wanna bring in your best bull to say, look how wonderful the Lord has provided for me. And I'm gonna have a barbecue later on, come to my place. It's right down the road and we're gonna have the best celebration that we've ever had. There's these videos online of cats bringing their kittens to people. Has anybody ever seen that? i was thinking of that you know it's, it's like what what are they what do the cats think they're doing you know but it, i think it's almost this instinctual like you love me i love you you protect me here look here's my kittens will you extend this the same way and i think when we believe that the lord is conscripting us to service kind of like what simeon was saying that's revealing our own hearts <laughs> that we expect to be forced into this, that we, ex- we expect that there's going to be a militant God who's directing things in a militant way. You know, whenever we bring our, our, our tithes and our offerings and our sacrifices, we expect it to be like a tax as unto Caesar, not like when you have a potluck and everybody brings what they have to the table. And the way that we have these things in our hearts reveals who we are. The temple is this place where we get to see not just who God is, but Christ, when he came, <laughs> revealed us ourselves that we have bias, that we're broken, that it, it is really hard for me to, to see that, that Lord, this is a cause for celebration. I'm so worried about protecting my own. I'm so worried about not having enough, that, that manna, I need, to, I need to collect two days worth, three days worth, four days worth, because I don't know if I trust you tomorrow. I know today I'm okay, and I, I, I can't speak beyond that. And our own hearts get revealed. I've known enough successful people to know that suge- uh, success does not bring contentment in itself. It just doesn't. And success is great, by the way. <laughs> Prosperity, being provided for, the Lord blessing you. You look at, at, at Joseph. Thank God that he blessed nations through him. That was needed and necessary, and it's a cause for celebration, right? But successful people on their own, it's like that guy in the Martian, Right? Like uh, you, you try to build your own monument to yourself and nobody's around to celebrate. It, it, it's, not a, it's not a well-lived life. The number of people that, that achieve things and then lose their, their, their enjoyment. The number of Olympic athletes who haven't known what to do with their lives post the medal ceremony is tragic. It's actually a very high suicide rate around Olympic athletes. You wouldn't think about it, but it's like if they win, they succeed, then they're like, now what do I do? It's tragic. It's tragic. The community of the saints is meant to be the antithesis of the way of the world here. We're a community, we, our church, our community that's proven time and time again that we share in each other's sorrows. They don't isolate you, but when they're shared, they diminish. I'll cry some of these tears for you and the burden will be less. You don't have to cry as many tears, we can do that together. But we are also a community that rejoices together, that celebrates life together. That when you sing for joy, my echo of my own joy is going to make that cry so much louder. And that's the temple. That's what we can see here. The world may be jealous of success of one another. The church will be strengthened by our enjoyment of each other's success. That's what we're called to be as the communion of saints. Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. I like uh, this translation better. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stay awake in vain. It is vain that you rise up in early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved in his sleep. The bread of anxious toil. That is such a good phrase. (laughs) Like our Bible is often so poetic and we might just skip right over. But like, that's one of those phrases, the bread of anxious toil. Maybe just pause on that and think, do I know what that means? You probably know what that means. The bread of anxious toil. You know, hard earned, anxious. I've been working for this. You can't sit down and enjoy this meal. It is the bread of anxious toil. Leah has a, a set of measuring spoons they're not very useful. They're they're heart shaped, and I think some of them are, are flowers, and they're they're wispy. They have measurements like a, a dash, you know, or you know thing, things like that. And I guess if you need a dash of salt, you know, you can pull out your little heart shaped one and, and do that. Um, I don't I don't know that she uses them. I can't use them. It's like those fancy soaps and towels I mentioned. What was that last week? You know, uh, I don't understand those either. But but we make this joke right whenever you go and get fast food, you know, and, and it comes and the bun is like halved off and, and the, the the pickles are really s- sad, the w- the lettuce is wilted, and you go, you know, my burger's missing something, love. <laughs> I can't taste any love in this whatsoever, right? And it, it does come through, you know, like if if they're not caring, if they're just slapping this thing together. Maybe it's not the bread of anxious toil, but it is the bread of a hurried worker who does not care about you one flip. <laughs> Compare that to God's barbecue, you know, where you have a place at the table, where there's things where, where it's, it's the, the best cut of meat, where you've been provided for and you have exactly what you need. And that is the, what we have here, every cause to celebrate. I'm not going to get into the science and philosophy of baking, but those croissants that I shared with you that you all will not let me forget... That might be the bread of anxious toil. (laughs) Um, These are such good phrases, but I, I want you to really think about how much we try to make our successes often for ourselves or for a limited number of people rather than sharing them broadly, right? How many times do you succeed in life and maybe you're embarrassed about doing well. You get a promotion at work, and you, you're like, I don't want to brag. You know? So, so we, you don't do this. You know? or, and maybe that, that's you attempting to be kind and, and everything like that. Maybe you, you've just had some, some incredibly good news, and, and you know somebody else is struggling. And so you don't want to compare your, your joy with their sorrow. And so we, we, we kind of don't say anything with that. Because we are called to rejoice with those who rejoice and, and, and to, cry with those who, to mourn with those who mourn. It, it's this both and of this which makes it often hard for us. But church, I think we are too silent often, us particularly, in celebrating how wonderful and gracious the Lord has been to us, that our worship is magnified when we look around this room and we see what's happening with our youth, when we see what's happening with our kids, whenever we see their artwork. Give us every excuse to celebrate. Give us every excuse to have a party. You know, let's have every excuse to get together, pull out the streamers, make a fool of ourselves, record some silly videos, and, and laugh. Because this is where life goes deep. And this is what the temple, I believe, was really about. I believe that the Lord's heart in all of this is, is misunderstood from generation to generation because it is a place of fear and trembling. It is a place where you have to get prepared to go to. It's not a place that you just walk into boldly and, and, and silly and, and, and losing ourselves. But the heartbeat of it is God's great love and his joy and his rejoicing over us, a place of worship, a, a look at, at, the, at how he provided for Israel. We have cedar. We have gold. We were, a, we were slaves. <laughs> we were slaves in Egypt. We were longing for onions. We were talking about going back so that we could have leeks again. And look now at us. Look at what the Lord has done for us. Let us build a place to remember and to celebrate that the Lord has given graciously to his kids. The temple is a place to bring things to the Lord, your first fruits, your best lambs, your firstborn, the wine and the grain, a celebration, acknowledgement, a sharing with God. Yes, a sacrifice, but not thinking of tithes, offering and sacrifices as a tax. Bring your successes to the Lord. Dedicate your joy to him. See how he rejoices over you. I've been struck by two passages that I first read maybe 15 years ago, and I, I can't believe they're in the Bible, and I can't believe people don't make a bigger deal about these and, and this is the, the, the utter truth of this. And I wasn't even to mention these this morning, but in my, my shower time this morning, praying for our service, I was like, how, how can I not say these? This is Deuteronomy 14. So th- this is Old Testament, y'all, okay? Old Testament, we've got the establishment of, of the temple, and this is what it says. If that place, talking about the temple, is too distant, and you have been blessed by the Lord your God, and you cannot carry your tithe, why can't you carry it? maybe it's too big all right because the place the lord will choose to put this name is so far away exchange your tithe for silver and take the silver with you and go to the place the lord your god will choose use the silver to buy whatever you like (laughs) cattle sheep wine or other fermented drink or anything you wish then you and your household shall eat there in the presence of the lord your god and rejoice that's in our bible (laughs) Why don't we talk about this? The Lord says, if you've been rich, richly blessed, go have a party with people that you love. Share the goodness of the Lord with those around you. In his in his presence. This is what he tells us to do. And and, and we're all concerned about getting things to the temple and, and, and making sure that we have all, all the things and you know dotted and, and crossed and everything. This is the Old Testament law. This is in Deuteronomy. And then followed up with a with New Testament one. Let's see what, what Jesus says, all right? Here's the corollary for for you in Luke 16, starting in verse 9. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves, so that when it's gone you may be welcomed into eternal dwellings. That's kind of consistent. <laughs> if you've been given a lot, you can't take it with you. It's of no good here. It's gonna rust, the stock market's gonna crash again. If you bought those NFTs, you're gonna feel really foolish, right? Don't buy into the, the hype and all these things. Moth will come, you know. The, the, the Russian hackers will get their day. You know. Whatever it may be, if you've got wealth, if you've got something, use it for friends. Why? Because that's where the kingdom of God is to be found here. Do you, this is our Bible again. Do, do we realize that, that this is it? And we have a misrepresentation of this in our own heads. Our lens of God is cracked. And we put into all of this stuff, into the structure, into the form, into the buildings itself, this presupposition of what we have. God is militant. He's gonna conscript me into service. God is greedy that he's gonna take from me what the 10% the, the that I don't wanna give him. You know, he, all of this stuff we bring and we put on him because it's a reflection of ourselves, because I'm greedy, because I don't wanna share that, because I'm worried, because I'm fearful, and what did Simeon say? The hearts of many will be revealed. And I think when we look at this, when we see the temple through this cracked lens, we realize, God, I've made you into a miser. I, I've made you into a, a fearful father. I've, I've made you into a, 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 a worldly general. I've made you into a worldly king who takes and takes and takes. I am so sorry that I've missed the beautiful place of the kingdom of God, the temple of where we come and celebrate all that life is. I'm going to flesh this out more next week, but I think we're, I'm starting to get the first whispers of something that the Lord wants us to speak about. He told me as a church that we should cultivate joy, and I hope you haven't forgotten. I hope you practice that. We're still doing this. He told me to make the, the table central. We, we have, literally, <laughs> and we'll continue to make the table central. And I hear him talking about seeking out the place where we recognize the Lord's pleasure. Letting that guide us. We can be so careful in trying to avoid wrath that we stop living. We can hold our breath, scared to move, afraid of making a misstep. But how wonderful to know the Lord's pleasure. How wonderful to know the Lord's goodness. The Messiah is the consolation of Israel. A light for revelation to the Gentiles, the glory of your people Israel. Are we going to say it's less... (laughs) Are we going to say that that I'm, I'm afraid it's not as good as all of that? The Lord shared him with all of us. And let's not forget Anna popping up underneath, <laughs> underneath Simeon as he's giving this, this prophecy. And Anna pops up giving thanks to God and talking about this child to anyone who will listen. Seven-year married, a widow since then, walking around the temples, waiting for this day, just looking for a cause to celebrate looking for a reason to share this joy. I, I see her as this person walking around, just like wanting to pinch the cheeks of every baby that comes for dedication, just like, and, and here it is and she sees so much more and she's just, yes, this is it. Did you see the baby? Come here, let me show the baby. That's the temple, that's the temple. Have we, do you think of that when you think of the temple? Or do you think, I gotta stay back, I gotta stay away. I'm not sure I can walk through these courts. I gotta make sure I've got all the right you know, things done. That's there too. This is a both and, but how beautiful to see the love of God. She's so present. She talks about that kid. Mary and Joseph's son, their promotion, their success, the favor of the Lord was shared to everyone. I want you to hear the Magnificat. This is a chapter in Luke right before the dedication where Mary talks about who she is in the Lord's eyes. And here we have it in a more modern song format. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has looked with favor on his humble servant. From this day, all generations will call me blessed. The almighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm. Now, a lot of people stop there for terrible reasons. Because it goes on. In your Bible, it goes on. And here's the second half, so important to understand. This is a part of her celebration. This is part of rejoicing the kingdom of the Lord coming. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. Thank God. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones. Thank God. He has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promises of mercy. The promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. It was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. And again, I use the modern song version, which is why it ends a little bit more poetically than what you might have in in Luke. But that is so beautiful to see our celebration, not just for myself. Here is Mary visited by angels. Destined to be blessed and looking, say, who am I that you have favored me? And she turns it out to all of history and says, come join with me. Come join with me in this praise and this celebration. Because our joy isn't just for these winners. Mark 8, he called the crowd to him along with the disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for me will, for the gospel, will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Let's, let's celebrate what the Lord has given us. So what do you have? Do you have a baby boy? Do you, do you have uh, a healing, maybe? Luke 17, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the borders between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go. Go. Show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Quick aside, they're going to the temple. (laughs) This is what what the law told them to do. Why? The Lord wants to celebrate your healings, (laughs) right? The Lord's like, you're healed? Let me see. Wow, let's celebrate together. You are healed. I love that so much of this comes to celebrate the goodness of God and the land of the living. One of them, though, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, We're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine. Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. He recognized where God was. He didn't have to go back to the temple to share and to rejoice and to say, God, you have done this. He realized, as the Samaritan, maybe he had better eyes to see beyond the tradition, beyond the building, to see God is here with me now. I can celebrate and say, my God has healed me. Here I am. Thank you, God, for your healing. Maybe you have less. Maybe you ask God, what do I have? Mark 12, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put, again at the temple, watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything. Thank you, God, for generosity. I believe she was cared for. You know, whenever it's this, I don't think Jesus is saying, thank you, and now you have nothing. I believe, I truly believe, as Christ saw that that widow was not going without that day, nor the day after. That's the goodness of our God. The saddest stories are where we cut people out. I'm just gonna focus on my career. I I I bought this sports car for me. My kids can't touch it, you know. (laughs) I don't have a sports car. (laughs) No, I do not. But our I just felt I had to throw that out for the recording in case anybody (laughs) wonders. God is a good God. He gives good gifts. He likes, I am positive to see us enjoy them. And I know he loves to hear us enjoy them and to celebrate them and to turn it back in praise. I'm going to end with this one. There's an old school worship song where we sing every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back in praise. You know that? This is really from Deuteronomy 8. When you've eaten and are satisfied, Praise the Lord your God for the good land he's given you. Be careful you do not forget the Lord your God failing to observe his commands, his laws, his decrees that I'm giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build the fine houses and settle down, when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud. You will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. which is sworn to your ancestors, as it is today. Thank you, God, for what you've given us. We celebrate life together. Here's the challenge. Here's what I want you to take. Where is the Lord's pleasure in your life? This, I, this is not a, just a thought exercise. I really want you to look on where the Lord has shown you his pleasure. Whether it, it's, it's a, a small coin worth a few cents, whether it's a, a day off from work that you get to rejoice with your kids. Where is the Lord's pleasure going to be found this week? You can find the Lord's pleasure today, tomorrow. You can rest in the Lord's pleasure. That's what we have with the temple. We have this promise of the goodness of the Lord that he chooses to worship. He chooses celebration. He wants to have us in this land of plenty. This is his goodness for us. And on the flip side, what successes are you enjoying to yourself? And that might be a a word of conviction, but also just open your eyes. It's like I said, uh, you have a community at least here and probably broader in your life who want to celebrate with you. You you, you want to say, thank God, I'm so glad you got that promotion. I'm I'm, I'm so glad that you got this new car. This this new car is really cool. (laughs) I'm I'm really glad you get to enjoy this. I'm I'm so glad you get to have this new house. I'm I'm so glad that that you, you, you got to eat out tonight. How wonderful that we get to share this meal together. This is so wonderful. I'm so glad that your marriage is doing well, that we get to enjoy an evening together as friends. There's cause to celebrate here. Find those areas where the Lord's pleasure is. Press in. That, that I think, can guide us as people. That can guide us as a congregation. I think that there's so much to be enjoyed and celebrated together as the people of the Lord. Amen? Amen.